Ellen Keane and you are listening to The D Word, a podcast about disability where I ask my guests the questions everyone is thinking but might be too afraid to ask. This is an opportunity to educate and inform while also sharing our stories like never heard before. There are going to be highs, there are going to be lows, but I am hoping you're going to stick with me throughout this series and become more informed and less awkward when it comes to disabilities. My guests today are two people who are completely responsible for me being here today. They are my biggest supporters and also big fans of dressing up in their green suits. It is, of course, my parents, Eddie and Laura Keane. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi Ellen. Welcome. Thank you for coming in today. You're welcome. This is weird, isn't it? <laughs> Our daughter interviewing us. A very formal conversation. Yeah. Do you have any idea what's going to happen here? <laughs> no, not a clue. That's clue. why I didn't tell you. Yeah. didn't need all the questions. This is very... Uh, uh, what's the word? I believe we're being well paid for this anyway, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well paid in uh, minding my dogs. Yes. Yes, that's it. Um, so this is The D Word. It is a podcast all about disability. And you are the only two on it that don't have a disability. So mm-hmm. I've been interviewing people from all walks of life with different types of disability. And I think it's important now to have parents on because there are of course parents out there who are going to have kids with disabilities or who are struggling with kids with disabilities and I think it's important to get your perspective and your experience and kind okay. of tell yeah, yeah, your story about me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this so, is the one for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess let's start in the beginning. Did you mom have any idea when you were pregnant that I was going to be born with a disability? No not till you were actually born we didn't know we weren't told. I had loads of scans and nothing showed up. And then what happened when I was born? It was, well, it was a, a bit of a shock, to be <laughs> honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was all an awful lot of running around in, in the delivery room and doctors being called and a bit of panic, really. But mm. um, Yeah, with me now, I was uh, standing up beside your head when you were born, right? And... Uh, then you were born and your arm was pumping. And I was looking at your arm and I said to the nurse, I said, where's her arm? And the nurse turned around and said, oh, she said, the doctor will be in to sort that out. So I says, OK. So I really imagined the doctor was coming in with a tin blade to cut your arm and then your hand was going to pop out. Did I ever tell you that story? <laughs> but that was the honest God truth. You didn't tell and me either. <laughs> I did tell But that's the, the real... Uh, life of it that's that's the way I was and I was waiting for the doctor to come in and then they just said uh, you know they took you away and cleaned you up and all, everything like that and then let your mother talk <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you want me to say then? after that um, no you were very sick I was that. very sick yeah. after that I uh, passed out and there was more panic about me then than there was about you and um, they were looking after me then they were going to put me into um, a private room and I said, I don't want to be in a private room. Just put me back into the public room. I prefer to have people around me. And I was glad because at that stage, um, on you, uh, on the other three, um, the babies were taken away at night time. But this time you had to feed them yourself at night time. And I was in no state to, to feed them. So I was glad <clears throat> that... that um, I was in a room with, with loads of people. But would you been sick as well afterwards? I think everyone, and I won't use the word shock because it wasn't, you were a baby being born and that was it. But everyone was surprised that you had a bit of a disability and nobody 
copped onto it beforehand with all the scans mum yeah. had. Yeah. So I think even the doctors and the nurses, everyone was surprised, not shocked, surprised that this was happening. Well, you know? they could have been shocked, but not because yeah. I was born with a disability, yeah. more that they just didn't pick up on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, scans nowadays are like more, much more advanced. They pick it up at a very, yeah. very early stage now. Like I had my first scan uh, 12, uh, t- eight weeks and then another at 12. And then at about 30 weeks, I had another scan. And at that stage, like your limbs will be mm. developed that you could see, but nothing was shown. And then you, I was threatened to miscarry twice. So it was um, a very uh, eventful pregnancy, let's put it that and way. And to be honest, when you were born as born as well, like for me, I was in total shock. I was in total shock because it, it's only a natural process to go through, mm-hmm. you know. And it took me a couple of days to sort of realise, you know, yeah. Get on with it, and that's it. I you think know? I accepted it. You accepted it immediately. straight away, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. me, I had the other three kids at home, and um, I was sort of keep kept busy with them. But it took me a few days now to, and that was the, that's the only got unsaid truth, like uh, to realise that get on with it, and that's it. And had you experienced anyone else in your lives with a disability before, or was I the first one? Well, my mother was in a wheelchair, and so we used to look after her. She took a stroke when she was fifty nine. Uh, but no, and then when I was even younger, I knew uh, a girl with Down syndrome and we just got on with it. She was my pal about seven or eight years of age. You know, we got on with it. Yeah. Um, but no, no. No, I, I didn't know any, know anybody, no, to be honest with you. But so how did you decide then that you were just going to treat me the same? Like, how did you kind of get to that decision together? Well... It was the same like when Philip and Graham were born, the twins. Um, we always said that if we had twins, we'd treat them completely different. Or not different, to treat them, you know, that they... Dress them different and... No different, yeah. that they were individuals in their own rights and we weren't treating them as twins. So they were let do well, get on with life and do things at, the, at their own pace and we didn't try to interfere there. And we decided then when you were born that we would treat you exactly the same. It was the best thing, I think, that we did. You were able to do so many things from such a very young age. You were, I think, you were here before because I think yeah. she was way ahead of the others, wasn't she? Very yeah. much ahead of the others. Yeah. You were tying your Crawling. shoelaces well before uh, any any of the others were. Uh, you were doing loads of things on yourself. You were much more advanced, even as a baby, than they were. So I was basically just a genius. Well, we wouldn't go that far now. (laughs) Were you afraid at all? No. No, definitely not. Never afraid. Never afraid of you. Never, absolutely never. I absolutely love... What do you think? Being afraid to touch your arm or something? No, being afraid of like what my future would be like. No. No, No. definitely not. Never had any doubts that that, um, you were going to be able to get on with life. You were so determined at such a young age we could see it. Yeah. There was one fella in work in my job that I used to work at and his daughter was born before you and uh, she had uh, one of her hands deformed. I think she was missing her fingers on her left hand. And I remember when you were born, I says to him, I says, no names mentioned, and I says, uh, you know, my daughter was born with her left arm. Oh, he says, that's terrible. He says, you're in the same boat as me. He says, all I think of is uh, my daughter will never wear a uh, a wedding ring or an engagement ring on her left hand. And I looked at him as if he was mad. But why would you even think that far ahead, you know? And I said, would you not just get on with life from day to day and 
thank God she's here. Yeah. You know, but that was his attitude. He was thinking 20, 30 years down the road. Do you think she was limited then because he was... Oh, I think she was treated as a special person. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Like you were never treated any different to the others. I don't know whether you felt you were treated any different. Huh? You were thrown in at the deep end of everything, literally, if you'll excuse the pun with the swimming. But... I mean, you could so. There's nothing you couldn't put your hand to, and you were so determined. <laughs> My hand. <laughs> yeah, your one your hand. hand. Uh, your arm, too, if you want to put it that way. Uh, you just got on with it. And how did you tell my siblings? Well, I wasn't around to tell them, so I think. Uh, I think she just says, Holy God uh, made you special. You know, you're a bit different than the rest of us, but uh, there's nothing wrong with you. And you did know? they treat me any differently? No. 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 Because they, they couldn't see it. They no. couldn't see it. They yeah. couldn't see anything missing. Yeah. Because you were brought home, you were dumped there and that was it. <laughs> dumped there, <laughs> you know? lovely. Yeah. You might have dumped her, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly didn't dump her. What about um, when it came to, like, maybe starting play school or starting school, any time I, uh, I went somewhere without you? Yeah, I think other people might have thinking you should be treated different, but special. We and very, we said, no, no, no. that you were be treated exactly there. the same as the Let her out in the playground, let her out in the... Did you come across that a lot? Yeah. Our very first outing with you in the supermarket, I'll never forget it. You were, we never covered up your arm. We always had it on show, even as a very, very young baby. And if your jumpers or whatever came down over, she would still be um, rolling them back up. But we were in the supermarket and you're on the, the baby thing and the trolley. And I'll always remember these two old women, elderly women were walking towards us down this aisle and, um, they looked at you and then they were yapping to each other and we continued on around the shop and we kept meeting them in the aisle and they, every time they'd, meet, they'd stare in at you and talk. Like, that was our first, um, if you like, negative and a very, like, a, about a week or two after you're out of hospital that this happened. So that I think that made us even more determined that we were weren't going to hide you away in any shape and it's or form whatsoever. Like you're 27 years of age now and they're still looking at you <laughs> because they're saying there's your one from Dancing with the Stars or there's the swimmer. So they're still walking up and down the aisle looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when it came, you got older, uh, like we went to get as much advice as we could. There wasn't anything out there. Like, uh, yeah, in the CRC, they were absolutely brilliant. There was an occupational therapist there and she gave us, like you were a very young baby, you were barely able to sit up even. Six months old. Yeah, and um, she'd give you little activities, toys and all to play with. And you were always playing, uh, you used one of your feet as a hand and you'd coordinate the two and you, you could do literally everything with your foot as like a hand and uh, then she kept saying to me you know when she gets um, to be wearing shoes she lose this dexterity she won't be able to do it but then I noticed that even as you were getting older you were still able to do it, and you probably still are to this day for all <laughs> I know it's a lie I can't I'm so yeah. dexterous with my left foot yeah. I pick things up all the time you, with my left you, foot you started doing that from uh, as soon as you just went to try to do anything at all. I think you I can all, probably do more things with my left foot <laughs> than I can with my right hand. My left foot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Huh? Make a film of my left foot. My left foot. Yeah. Um, so the CRC were great. The CRC were absolutely brilliant. Gave fantastic advice and you were going there for a while till till um, you didn't need to go anymore and then you, you started going to play school and play school. 
you, you took to it really great and they were they were brilliant they didn't treat you any different whatsoever Mary was brilliant and she had her mum helping in some days she used to come in to help and her mum was gorgeous too and I don't know whether you remember there was a little um, small little slide out the back with about three steps up to it this is out in the play school now and um, you were climbing up it as you oh, to continue on down the slide and Mary, Mary's mum nearly panicked when she saw you going up Mary says Leave her alone. She can do everything. No panic. But no, ma'am, she'd be fine. And she couldn't get over it. And from that day on, she never <laughs> tried to interfere at all. So then when you were older, <clears throat> we decided, uh, we were told told about uh, prosthetics. <clears throat> so the first prosthetic you got, we went to Kappa. And the Kappa were absolutely brilliant. Donna, from day one we met Donna, she was brilliant, wasn't she? I think she's still there, is she? Oh, she's still there. I think she's the head. From the very first time she met you, she'd be took to you immediately. We took to her, just a beautiful person. Nothing was too much for her. So your first arm was um, a cosmetic arm. And the reason we went down that road was we didn't want you, as you got older, to come and say to us, why didn't you get a prosthetic arm? Now it's too late for me to try to adjust to it. So we decided... We do that. For you to have the choice exactly. later on. And yeah. then you could decide whether you wanted to go down that road or not. And then, you know, as you got bigger, you got different arms, different microelectronic and all this kind of mm. thing. But, but you were able to do that because of the medical card. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. but we had to fight to get the medical card as well. Yeah. Why were you told no? Because your dad's wages. Yeah, my wages was a little over whatever it is, the limit. But I was fighting for a medical card for you, not for the rest of the family. And um, we had to actually, in the end, go to the newspapers about it to mm. make it public. And I remember it was on a Friday, um, the health board rang me to say, don't go to the papers. The, the newspaper was supposed to come to our house at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And at half 12, uh, I got a phone call from the health people and they said uh, don't go we'll give you whatever you want you know we'll give you the medical card and I says okay I says put that in a letter now and uh, get it out to me before the before the reporter came to the house <coughs> and they said yeah they'll do that and to this day I'm still waiting on that letter so I went ahead with the newspaper at four o'clock and it was all over the, f- You're on the front page, page. Um, Jesus, what age Saturday, you were only about <laughs> six months, seven months old, maybe oh, yeah. a year, less than a year. Yeah. That, so that's you're your the, fault. I've yeah. set the trend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from a very so you're on the front page of that, <laughs> and I didn't think I, I didn't think it would happen because you were all over the newspaper. When we went into the shop. Somebody says, oh, "You're all over the paper." Oh God, we nearly died. But I, but we had <laughs> to, got, and we got, got over that embarrassment. We got the medical card, but every time every time the medical card ran out, then I used to have to go to the Eastern Health Board, uh, the HSC people, and nearly shout at them in the foyer. I'm not leaving here until I get a medical card for my daughter. Like you were because I couldn't afford the I couldn't afford the prosthesis for you mm. on my wages. And at the same time, I didn't want you to be without it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was your life and that was it. Yeah. I wanted you to have every opportunity like everyone else had. Yeah. So from the beginning, we were fighters, really, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. The whole three of us were. Well, the way <laughs> you were treated, like to have to keep re- reapplying. Yeah, and yeah it's in the case, As if your arm was going to suddenly grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'd go in and I'd say, do you think her arm grew in the last year? And they'd say, no, no. Well, I said, well, why is the medical car gone then? 
So every year for years and years. And then I think he used to get for a five year slot. Oh, it was crazy. I used to dread when it was coming up. Yeah, when my, when it ran out, I had too much anxiety over yeah, yeah. going through the process of yeah. getting it, and I never got it. No. So I still have the prosthetic. The last prosthetic I got made with the medical card, I still have for the gym and stuff, but it, it's completely broken. And because uh, Donna saw me, actually, Donna's, Donna's still knocking around, and uh, she saw the prosthetic, and she was like, you I need a new <laughs> like you need a new one and I was like I'm not paying 10 grand yeah. for a new prosthetic yeah like, that's, that's what you're talking about Jay. that's what you're talking about mm. and yeah. that's what people have to pay yeah, yeah. who it have is. disabilities yes. and they're being like when it comes to the medical card and and kind of uh, things to support disabled people it's actually not anything to do with their disability it's about their income yeah. it shouldn't yeah. matter what your income is no, yeah, it shouldn't, shouldn't matter no, there should no. be a bog standard prosthetic that you're offered if you have a disability yes, or a bog yeah. standard nearly wheelchair or any yes. sort of aid absolutely there should yeah. be a standard aid that you're offered if you're disabled yeah. and then if you want all the bells and whistles then you pay for all of that yeah. but not mm. a basic prosthetic but for you to have a normal life for you to go to the gym and everything like that you need these things yeah you know and you should be given them yeah. everyone should be given them yeah to get on with life, to live a normal life. Yeah. And that's what we're being told all the time. Yeah. Like people with disabilities need to live a normal life, but they haven't got the chances but to live a normal so life. But you know so many uh, that we met over the years that would have more disability than Ellen had, and they ha- hadn't got the medical card and they couldn't get it. Yeah. Mm. You know, which was, which is, even to this day, is still wrong. Yeah. Were you kind of glad then, as I got older, that I, I didn't like the prosthetic? <laughs> Um, no, well, we, really. we we kept still fighting because yeah. one day you, I changed my mind. In yeah. case you, I did. Yeah, well, some days I wanted it, some days I didn't. Yeah, but yeah. The, now you are needing a, um, the prosthetic arm for the gym mm. to help you with weights and things like that, and you have to have different things attached to it to help. The, but if the arm is is that broken, you know, how long more can that go on? I don't even use it in the gym for weights because it, it, it wouldn't be strong enough. It wouldn't be strong enough. No, I use it more for balance. All right, yeah. So yeah. I'm able to balance on things, or even yeah. like when I'm on the bike, being yeah. able to cycle. Like, oh, it's not safe for me to cycle a bike without a prosthetic. No. So then I'm just the option of cycling. You still have your bike, yeah? Did you yeah. buy it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but even like, uh, I considered mostly getting a new one as well for like in the shopping centre for pushing a trolley because. It, uh, like it makes life so much easier of course it does mm. yeah, because it gives you the balance. you gave me a dirty look there Dad. Yeah. it's like you push a trolley in the supermarket <laughs> no I'm just thinks that you go to the supermarket <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know get we get everything delivered, delivered. <laughs> <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> um, so what about like your family members and your extended family how do they take to being, being disabled? Do you ever get a, Do you ever have fights with them or get annoyed at them for maybe treating me? God, no. no. Did anyone ever treat me special different. or different? No, or? no, no. 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 <laughs> no so, sorry, <laughs> we can't. Uh, we can't talk about that one because no, it never happened. It never no, happened. Great, we never came across anything no, like they, that. They, they saw the way that we, we yeah. treated you and we wanted you to be exactly like yeah. your siblings. So. Why should they treat you any differently, you know? Yeah. Um, no, there's you, no I mean, you were literally thrown in to do anything that you, yeah. you wanted to do. And when if you decided, like, for instance, you went through a phase where you wanted to play badminton because the boys were playing badminton. I remember that. But, yeah. That but we let you it. do it. <laughs> you know, we said, well, 
there is a way that you're going to adapt to this. Now, you didn't stay at it for very long, but we weren't going to turn around and say, so no, no yeah. you wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. It's because I just found it so boring. There wasn't enough activity and excitement in it for you. But then you went on to um, to play the ga, and you were very good at it. You know? I also found that kind of boring. The <laughs> I wasn't great at the old team sports or someone else being there. Um, so when it came to like secondary school and stuff like that, when I started to hide my arm, did you notice it? Yes, of course we noticed it. How did that make you feel? sad to uh, a certain degree for you that you felt that you had to hide your arm you know all all teenagers as you become a teenager whether you have a disability or not you've got issues about uh, literally everything and this was an extra thing for you so we were sad that you felt that you had to hide it and you couldn't and the the more you got into your teenage years the more it seemed to get a big issue for you and like we tried to, to talk to you and get you to not wear these long jumpers in the summer and all that. And with the prosthetic arm, when you were wearing it in the summer, there was another thing. You had to stop wearing it because you were getting sores on the end of your arm from the sweat that was building mm. up in the, the socket. So there were different issues about it, but we really just kind of felt sad that you had, you felt that you had to hide your arm, that you like would the pals that you'd grown up with, they were still, I know you were meeting new friends going into secondary school and different things that you were involved in, but um, they didn't treat you any different, your your friends that you grew up with. So it, it was sad to see that you felt that you had to do it. But No, but you had to do it because there was nobody like you today okay, yeah. out there that you were looking up to or yeah. you can see on the television. Yeah. So hopefully now the little kids that are coming up now look at the television or look at in the paper and see Ellen Keane with her arm in the air and that's what they do now. So when they become teenagers, they won't have a problem. Mm. You know, Just so, the normal teenager yeah. problems, yeah. Did you, uh, did you ever talk to anyone about me hiding my arm or the insecurities I was having? Like, did you ever confide in anyone or no. try and get no. advice? No. Did you just kept it to yourself? Yeah. Well, but wasn't there was nobody really it, to, it wasn't that we were keeping it to ourselves, really. Yeah. Wasn't it? it wasn't like it was we damaging us. Between ourselves. You know. We just felt sorry for you that you felt that you had to do that. And, and hopefully it was only a stage that you were going to go, go through that we're sad that it, it lasted as long as it did before you felt that you could show your arm off. Um, because, like, with the swimming, <laughs> you, you couldn't hide it. So... Then when you come out of the pool, you're immediately back into hiding the arm again. But there was really nobody that we could talk to, even if we wanted to talk to anybody about it. Mm. You know? Um, your siblings had no problems with it. Their friends had no problems with it. Hazel didn't talk to me. <laughs> well, Hazel had her own issues. <laughs> Growing up as a gawk. She was a teenager. She, she gawk. A gawk. A gawk. A gawk. A gawk. You better yeah. leave that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to keep that in. Um, <laughs> a gawk. I just went to work and ignored you all, didn't I? What about, like, when, like, fully grown adults and men were staring at my arm and being rude to me and stuff? Do you remember when we were in, um, was it Sheffield? We were at a competition and I ordered a pizza and... 
I asked you, could you cut my pizza? And then some man turned around and was like, are you not old enough to cut your pizza by now? And I think I was like 14 or something. Do you remember no, that? No, no, And no. you were like, well, she actually has one arm. So <laughs> I completely no. shut him down. No? No. I remember that. No, I remember being in uh, America once at a swimming competition and I was sitting up uh, watching you all swim and there was these Americans and they were saying, oh, look at all those people swimming with one arm or no legs and stuff like that. And I said, yeah. I said, maybe you should sit down and watch them. <laughs> I said, you know, it might open your mind to see what everyone can do. But they're amazed, you know. People, I don't understand it. But maybe we just, we just got on with life and said, that's it. But some people have strange ideas that people with disabilities can't do anything. They should be locked they're, away. They're <laughs> like that it's not just a physical disability that they're they're mentally disabled yeah. as well. They seem to make that assumption as well. That it's an intellectual disability. Yeah. 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 They really do and they need they need to be educated and need more people like you out there to to put yourself out there to to show what you can do because there's no limit to what can be done. Do you ever get sick of the fact that it's always me? Have you noticed this? It's always me. There's hardly anyone else but there's no given way. the opportunity. What do you mean for the media now? Yeah. Well, no, I, I think it's because you're a fighter and you want to promote it, you I, know, and I don't be know there for the Yeah, but I, I also think, like, I should. it shouldn't have to always be about promoting it. It should just be, like, be given the opportunity to do something. No, but there's, maybe there's not enough... Of, maybe there's nobody else out there like you. Oh, there's plenty out there. No, like. but they haven't got the, <laughs> the fire in your belly. They'll only do so much, you know? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a lot of... Uh, they. I think sometimes I get given the opportunities because people know who I am. So, right, tick the box, that's our disabled person. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're not willing to find other people or, or open the net. Yeah, well, well, that's what we were hoping that, and I'm sure that's what you're hoping, the fact that you you are doing that, that it is going to open the door. But... It just seems to be taking an awful long time. I mean, you're at this a long time doing this. But even even with people that you know, like to swim in and different things like that, or anybody else that might be in the media in any way, isn't putting themselves forward like you. There There are one or two maybe. But hopefully the ordinary person out in the road that has a disability they should be given the chance, and I agree with you. It, there should be more, the more job opportunities, more opportunities out there to say, "Look, I can do this. Please don't treat me any different." It's like somebody talking to a blind person. They shout at them. They're not deaf. <laughs> and I find sometimes sure you shout at everyone. <laughs> I find, a few drinks in her. <laughs> I find when I'm if I come across somebody talking to somebody with a disability. I have to nearly hold myself back from saying, God's sake, will you just treat them normal? Mm. They're, they're not going to break. Mm. You're actually more insulting the way that you're talking to them than anything. Yeah. Do you get a lot of uh, parents talking to you, asking for advice or coming to you for things? Um, not an awful lot. A few people have knocked at the door. Yeah, a few people have knocked. Yeah. Um, lately, there was the, there was one woman, I don't want to mention any names, looking for advice. Um, 
And that was one thing as I was talking to her. She's a lovely woman. Um, well, it was great that you were there. You were there for her. Yeah. Not Ellen. You were there for her. Well, that, yeah. that's, that's what I'm going to say. Um, I said it before you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure maybe at some stage um, she might want to talk to you or not. But the way I was looking at it and I said it to her is um, it's not just the person with a disability side that you have to see it. You have to see it as you, this is why you're doing this podcast, as a parent or even a grandparent of somebody with a disability, how you felt about it. And I was able to talk to this woman and give my side of the story and she could relate to how she felt. But um, I've, I've no problem talking to anybody that wants to talk about it. I really haven't. You know, whatever help that I could give, whatever makes them more comfortable to be able to um, carry on as normal with a person with a disability. There'll be a queue at your door now next week. I don't mind. I've, <laughs> you know, that's what they want me to do. I'll talk to them. We'll set you up in a shop. Yeah. On stage. A pop-up, yeah. a pop-up shop. Pop-up shop. <laughs> get you at an event. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give maybe a new parent who's afraid? To, to, to be yeah, afraid? Um, just treat you normal. Mm. Don't treat the, the the child any different because I think if you t- treat the child any different, they're going to feel that they can't do things, and it's going to put uh, seed, plant the seed of more insecurities, um, in their head. You know that they can't do these things, and the older they get, um, the more insecurities. And then, the, as you say, they're going to hit the teenage years, which are another thing altogether. So just treat them as normal. Throw them in at the deep end, literally to do whatever they want to do. Don't say you can't do that. We never told you that you couldn't do anything. The only thing <laughs> with you, you were so, and to this day, are so are stubborn. Gonna, <laughs> you're going to say stubborn. <laughs> that, that, like, for instance... To open up something, to lift something, to carry mm. something out to a car. I'll do it. I'll do it. She says. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll fine. I can like, do it. I'm an athlete. I'm strong. It's not, it's Why not can't that. I lift something? It's not that. I would say it to anybody that had a whole load of stuff to carry at once, whether they had a disability or not. It's called manners. <laughs> you know. Basically, at the end of the day, that's what it is. So I, it's yeah, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying to you. Oh, I'm a that's stubborn, an, disabled person who won't accept yeah. help. Yes, <laughs> you can be at times. Yes, and there's no there's no shame in letting somebody open a a, a box for you or a bottle or something because you feel you have have you got a little chip on your shoulder still maybe that uh, you've been treated. I'm a, I'm offering to do that because you have a disability. No. No, but that's the way it comes across. <laughs> you mean to say, I can do it, I can do it. I don't like people doing things for me. <laughs> I'm a but bit an like that. So. Independent woman. Yeah. <laughs> You're an independent woman, eh? Yeah. I'm a bit like that. Exactly. Um, do you have any funny stories? Oh, a funny story, yeah. You were about maybe a year or two old, sitting in the trolley going around the supermarkets, up and down the aisles. You were wearing your prosthetic arm. And I came down this aisle and I went to put something in the trolley and I realised your arm was gone. So I had to retrace my steps of the aisles that I went up and down. And I came to, you know, the open fridges in supermarkets? Freezers, yeah. Freezers. Well, they're not freezers, they're fridges, they're, they're open ones. And there was her arm. 
she threw it in as we were going around and I said, I just got there before uh, these two women were coming up to the lake. Something out I can just imagine. Somebody find an arm in the Somebody freezer. Somebody find an arm in the freezer and scream and then the panic that would be in the supermarket. Mm. There's a body in the freezer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Another time um, I was in work in my previous job and uh, you had broken your prosthesis arm some way. Something was wrong with it. And uh, had it in the car to go to the hospital. And I had to say to one of the lads in work, oh, my daughter broke her arm, I have to go to the hospital. Oh, that's terrible, he says. I said, oh, no, no, it's grand, I have it in the car. What do you mean? Oh, I have the arm in the car. <laughs> I had to show him it. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, have you actually ever thought about this? Like, what if, God forbid, I ever do break my hand? <laughs> well, you did actually no, break you a bone you in broke your hand. Remember right. swimming, yeah? Yeah. No, it wasn't a bone. That was um, a ruptured ligament in my thumb. But you were out of actions. Well, I had like a, a support thing on I it. I thought it was a, a slight fracture that you had. No. Well, that's what you told us. That you're looking for more. That's why you had two helper dogs, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, to do everything for you. And two helper humans. Yeah. Do you have any other funny stories, Dad? No, not really. You just, I just look at you every day and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. So... I'm on to my last question now, um, and I'm going to mention my sponsor. Um, so as I mentioned, I'm a brand ambassador for Allianz, who believe we all have the power to write our own future. So this final question is from them. Um, I'll ask you both the question separately, so you both have to answer. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Mom, if you had the power to write one specific thing into your future, what would it be? Gosh, that's a question. About disability? Well, the podcast is about disability, so maybe, yes. But not, I would, it could be whatever you want it to be. What would I, in the future, I would love to see more people with any kind of disability in a, to be able to get a job, to be treated normally, not to have the, the problems for accessibility, to get into buildings and wheelchairs, footpaths, uh, educate the normal so-called able-bodied people not to be parking on footpaths and taking up places, that there would be more opportunities for people with disabilities and we'd see more on television, in jobs, and they can achieve whatever they want to achieve. Father? Okay, because we went through an awful lot trying to get medical cars and stuff like that and help for yourself, um, things should be easier uh, it should be written in stone that um, if you're born with a disability, you shouldn't have to fight to have a normal life. You know, it should be just there for you as if you go to the supermarket and pick up something. That's the way it should be. Yeah. You know, do you and think nothing to do with money or your lifestyle or anything like that. Do you think uh, people who get a disability later on in life are given more options because... Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, they don't have to fight for things. The same, sure they don't. Uh, what way would I put this now? Because they're more mature and they might maybe read a bit more and stuff like that. But for There's more education. Yeah, yeah. but for a young family, you know, who has a, a disability come into their house as a baby, they haven't got a clue where to go. Mm-hmm. And it should be just... It should be just written in stone there that, um, you know... You shouldn't have to suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't have to suffer full stop. It should. If you need help, 
you go there and you ask for it and it should be given to you. You shouldn't have to scream and shout or go to the newspapers. Why do you think it is so difficult? Why do I think it's so difficult? Because uh, there's too many too many rules. Um, well, how would you say? It, it, how would you say? It's like when you're being classified for swimming, right? If you have a digit smaller than or longer than somebody else, that means you're in a different category. Uh, you shouldn't be assessed like that, if, if you know what I mean. You shouldn't be assessed. You know, if if you have a disability, you go to somebody and you say, I need this, that and the other. Okay, mm-hmm. we give it to you. You shouldn't have to be assessed. It's very uh, degrading. It oh, is. very degrading. You've been treated yeah. like a second class citizen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Many a time I walked wrong. out of the HSC nearly crying after shouting in there. And this is, that's true life, mm-hmm. you know. So I shouldn't have had to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's people going through that every day as we're speaking. And it shouldn't be like that. I remember I got on a bus once because you got, when I was a teenager, obviously you have the free travel pass. And I was going somewhere and the bus man didn't believe I was disabled and took my bus pass off me and tore it, like literally opened it because it was back in the day when it was like the paper one, yeah. opened it, literally read it all over back to front, stared at me, made me show me his arm to prove I was disabled. Yeah, yeah. That's disgraceful, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. That's what people go through. Yeah. 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 And do you remember when I went to uh, go get assessed for the blue badge, the parking badge? Oh, yeah. yeah. The primary medical service. That was a doctor. That was a doctor. That's that's outrageous. So I I applied for the primary medical cert, which is what you need for to receive the blue badge uh, for parking. Not that I necessarily was ever going to use it, but it was more for the adoptions for the car and the grant. Have you applied for it again? No, I'm telling the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, And because I had adoptions to my car back then because it was an older car, so it needed more adoptions. And uh, we got refused it. And then we we applied for it again. And when you you apply for it again, you have to get assessed by this medical board. And I was 17 at the time. And do you remember that? I went in. Tell the story. Oh, yeah, the doctor there. Anyway, we applied for it. And the reason we applied for it was, it was really because we didn't want to treat you any different, right? You were starting to sit in the front of the car, okay? And to open that car door on the passenger side, you had to push it all the way out because... Uh, because I kick it with my leg, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'd be afraid you'd be hitting somebody else's car, so we were looking to park in a disabled spot so you could be treated... You could sit in the passenger seat if you wanted to. But this was when I was learning to drive. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so we went there and the doctors, it was, uh, we had to reapply for it. And there was three medical people sitting there. And the main doctor turned around and said, would you not be better off wearing your prosthesis? You'd look better. You'd look better. Yeah, I remember that. He was like, you'd look better. No one would know you had one arm. Yeah. You can get real life-like ones now. Like a doctor so said wrote, that to a 17-year-old girl. Yeah. We sent in, I sent in a letter of complaint about him, mm. you know. I remember when you came home, you were so upset. You were wrong. I was just shocked. Like, yeah, you were really yeah. upset about that. I was so annoyed over that. A fully grown doctor, doctor man. Yeah, medical. Yeah. yeah. So, that so I mean, obviously I got rejected. Don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, you still didn't get it. But, uh, but I mean, if, if you're getting it from, from that level, somebody who should know better, mm. what ho- hope have mm. people got being treated with respect from people who don't know better, Mm -hmm. you know, a medical experience. Yeah. Anyway.
Okay, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much.